All right, so we are done a lot earlier than I fully expected to be from uh, <laughs> yeah. from Sony's prep. Only lasted a little over an hour. That was the that was probably the lowest fat press briefing that I think I've ever seen in my entire life with E3. Yeah, I, I mean, I know I like I, I say that I want to see games, but you know. Every once in a while, I want somebody to come and talk about the game. <laughs> but uh, uh, I mean, look, we can uh, we can run down everything that we saw because this was quite literally uh, the length of an episode of House of Cards. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? I I will give you the floor because I know the last thing that they showed you are incredibly excited about, and I'll just let you. Get in whatever you have to get in about Spider-Man Arkham Arachnid that they just showed off <laughs> at the uh, at the end of this presentation here. Um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man uh, uh, is is beyond my wildest dreams of what a Spider-Man game uh, could be. It it is look like you you made the the Batman Arkham comparison, but the thing about that is that it works right. And it, it the I was I'm the one thing that I'm skeptical about with this with this Spider-Man game is there it, it seems to have a lot of quick time events you know for the sake of uh, being cinematic. Now I'm assuming that this is uh, some sort of story mission you know fighting Mister Negative's uh, goons or whatever. But um, and and I imagine that a lot of that won't be you know all the the quick time events won't happen in the open world but um the game looked phenomenal uh it felt it felt like a film like it felt like i was watching an action scene from a spider-man movie the way spider-man uh moved uh the way sounded is a big deal to me um it it is uh i'm even growing the suit is even growing on me um, Anthony in the chat does not like the suit. By the way, look, it, it it the suit isn't the best, but I can get used to it. And you best believe they're going to have uh, multiple suits to be uh, featured in this in this game. And um, I know that you were also super excited. The very last reveal at the end that, in fact, the Peter Parker and or not Peter Parker, but the character in the game is Miles Morales. Yo, Miles is in the game, man. Like, like I can't, I can't believe that, man. Like this, this is, this is cool, man. This is, this should be every Spider-Man fan's dream. Like this is, I haven't been this excited for a Spider-Man game since, quite frankly, the PS One Spider-Man game because the PS One Spider-Man game, while it wasn't. Um, the best game in the world, it embraced the comic book nature of it. And this seems to do so. Spider-Man has personality. The um, the locomotion looks incredible. Um, the little details like having to have the web stick to a building. Um, you even saw Spider-Man as he's swinging, like running into running into a building and have to kind of try to, you know, uh, run alongside it because uh, of the angle at which he threw his web kind of landed him in the building. Um, it, it, it looks, it looks amazing, man. It looks amazing. And I can't be, 
Uh, God damn it. I, I joked off off air. I'm going to be 38 years old by the time this game comes out. But um, I, I can't I can't wait to play it, man. I can't yeah, wait to play it. Even I was pretty impressed because it's like you said, it's cinematic in a way that the Arkham games can't be because the Arkham games, even though the later ones have taken place, you know, inside of an open world, um, just don't have that don't have that ability to have that grandiose scale um, that you saw in this trailer. And even like just being able to go like the fact that it's not like you have to load into a building like that construction site that he was fighting in was just part of the environment. And you transition right from that to the open world looked very, very cool. Um, Like I said, I am not a Spider-Man fan. I'm not a Marvel fan per se, but I, I am intrigued enough to want to check this one out. Um, when it, when it comes available next year sometime, because it looks very good. Uh, Insomniac, I think gets it. I think they, uh, they know what's up and it looks like it's going to be pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. Like it's going to be pretty solid. Man, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I, I'm super excited about it. I'm also, uh, I'm also excited about, they started off with um, the uncharted story expansion, uncharted Lost legacy um, with, uh, uh, two characters that I'm super duper interested in. And I, I, you don't see this type of game starring these two types of, of characters, women. And, <laughs> and, um, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm an, I'm an uncharted fanboy. Um, it looks like more uncharted, which isn't necessarily a bad thing for me. Um, yeah, man, it it looks great. Uh, it does look pretty good. I'm and I'm glad. So again, this this was it was just trailer, 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 trailer. Like like there was nothing slowing down this presentation. Like you said, they didn't have a single uh, person outside of Sean Layden show up on stage to do any talking, and even he was very brief in his remarks. Um, yeah, he had to get back to that eight ball. <laughs> <laughs> It was weird though. Like I said, it was very, um, very strange. It felt unlike any E3 press conference that I. It was actually more. You know what? It was more akin to a Nintendo uh, direct, basically <laughs> in terms of how. The, except Nintendo even has silly bullshit that goes on between the games um, in those Nintendo directs. But that's what it kind of felt like to me. Uh, they also announced, and I don't know why I didn't think about this, um, an expansion for Horizon Zero Dawn, which I am all about. That's coming yeah. out later this year. Uh, looks pretty good. Um, you and I had some thoughts on Days Gone. So they showed uh, some more gameplay from Days Gone that looks much more, a little bit more varied than the gameplay that they showed briefly last year. Um, so the point that you and I both made while we were talking to each other watching this performance is that if it wasn't for the fact that Last of Us existed, if it wasn't for the fact that like Horizon Zero Dawn existed, this game would be pretty cool and would stand out a lot. But as it is, because those games do exist and because those games are so prominent uh, and Uncharted as well, don't you feel like that this just feels like more of the same? Like, I don't, I don't know what, what makes this one stand apart. Yeah. I, I mean, even the, even the main character kind of looks like a young Joel, like he, it, it, it's, it's, um, you know, this dystopian future where, okay, maybe these people are actually zombies. You know, these enemies are actually zombies. But like you said, they still, like you said off air, the AI still seems kind of 
you know, brain dead, like, like <laughs> most of, you know, like most of these types of Pardon games. the pun. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not particularly, I'm not super excited for it. Like it looks great, right? It looks great, but it doesn't look like anything I haven't seen before. And, you know, you're a dude creeping around in the, in the bushes, you know, waiting to get your, you know, waiting to take your shot or avoiding combat altogether. You're avoiding combat from zombies and you're avoiding combat from crazy humans. Like that sounds like the last of us to me. Um, it looked very much like, like you could be forgiven in mistaking that for a last of us sequel. If you didn't know any better. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks good, but, um, I'm, I'm not super excited for it. Um, they, they showed off a couple of games from Japan that were not expected. Um, a new monster hunter game coming to the PlayStation, which is, we, we, we kind of made fun during the presentation because it's not really our type of game, but this is a very big get for Sony, um, from Nintendo, especially, especially in Japan, like in Japan, monster hunter is insanely popular. insanely popular and this is going to do very well for them over there and possibly introduce a whole new audience to it in north america because the game's been living on the 3ds primarily um for the last several years so getting it on ps4 could be a very big deal um and one that also wasn't announced that i had seen previously that they kept under wraps pretty well this is an hd remake of an hd remake because they did an hd remaster of uh, shadow of the classes before but uh this one actually looks like it was done from the ground up. This looks like a completely redone version of Shadow of the Colossus for PS4. I dabbled a little bit with Shadow of of the Colossus when that HD remake came out. It was it was fun. Um I don't think it's like the one of the best games of all time like it seems to to get that praise. It was an interesting game having having a game comprised of pretty much 16 very large, very elaborate boss fights is an interesting concept for a game. And I'm sure that there are lots of people that are excited. Uh, if this is 40 bucks, then I might wait till it goes on sale. Maybe I'll pick it up. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure though. I wasn't expecting this to happen. So. Yeah, I agree. I, I wasn't expecting this to happen. I, I, I'm, I won't be picking this up. I, I bought the game twice. I don't need to, I bought the game twice and didn't finish it twice. I'm not going to do it a third time. That's totally fair. Um, Terrell in the chat from our uh, pre-show segment was completely right. They did show off some Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. You were happy to learn that the leaked character lists that that came out recently not a hundred percent accurate. Yeah, yeah, they showed um, they showed more um, story bits, which you know these story these story modes are a blessing and a curse, right? Like they they give people like me single player content when they're tired of, you know, getting their ass handed to them online, but they're so dumb and they're so stupid. Um, but yeah, we saw, uh, some different characters. We saw, uh, DMC three Dante. We saw Thanos. We saw black Panther, which like, yeah, like, (laughs) I mean, it it only makes sense. Honestly, I don't know why they wouldn't have had him in the game from the get go. So, right, right. Um, we see a little more of, um, this was story. And the big thing was you can download the story demo now, apparently. Uh, so when we're done, I'm going to run down there and figure something out because, uh, yeah, the game comes out in September. I mean, I gotta be honest, the story 
fucking dumb to me. <laughs> like, I'm not, oh, oh, absolutely. It's, it's whatever. Right? Like, uh, you know, no people don't even know who Sigma is. Like, what? That, that's a Mega Man villain? Yeah, like, Sigma's a Mega, a Mega Man villain. We saw Zero in it. I don't know if Zero is going to be playable, but um, he's in it. And, I had to uh, imagine that every character in the game they showed during the trailer should be playable. I One hope so. Two. I hope so. But, uh, but yeah. All right. MVC four or infinite. Uh, brief Call of Duty trailer, which is what it is at this point. I'm, I'm I'm actually glad that they didn't do what they normally do every year and spend you know a ton of time on Call of Duty gameplay. We don't really need to see it. We kind of get it. You know what I mean? And plus, Call of Duty has their own events that they run anyway. So that's that's not a problem there. Um, we got to the VR segment. There wasn't really anything that was standout-ish. I guess a lot of people will be excited that you can play Skyrim in VR. Um, Bethesda announced yesterday during their event that they're, they're going to do VR versions of Fallout 4 and Doom on the PC. So this only makes logical sense to do you know, a, one of their games on PS4 VR as well. Um, I guess it's cool if you have, I'm assuming if you have the Skyrim HD remastered version that you will get that as a free update. I can't imagine they're going to make you pay for that again. God, God, God help them if they, if they do. Um, I know. And you said you weren't really that excited about that. No, I mean, I like the, I like the idea, right. Of a game as massive as, as uh, Skyrim being in VR, but I don't like the idea of, playing Skyrim again, you know, just to, just to have, you know, an extra five pounds weighing me down on my head. (laughs) So, um, but Hey, look, if you're excited for it, if you need a VR game to play, I'm sure it is, uh, I'm sure it will be worth your purchase. I think that Bethesda is honestly just going for the record to see how many times they can feature the same game at E3 for a consecutive number of years. <laughs> we're, we're up to seven at this point, I'm pretty sure, at least. <laughs> so there's that. The other VR games really don't warrant much more than a pass-through. There's a, a space-faring game called Star Child. I could see that being sort of a Metroid-esque style game. Uh, the Inpatient looks like a horror game of some kind. Bravo Team, it seems like they're trying to kind of resurrect that SOCOM vibe. For those people that have really been uh, wanting that. Yeah, but then you have to have like eight people with VR headsets. <laughs> I mean, they've run into that problem before, remember? Uh, not not that they're trying to do anything so ambitious, but I mean, you, we all remember massive action game that came out back in fucking 2010 with its uh, 64 versus 64 multiplayer. Fucking mag. <laughs> <laughs> the most interesting VR game they showed um, was this game called Moss, which looks like an action adventure game featuring mice. I, I theorize that it might be a game in the Redwall universe of books, um, which was a fantasy series with mice as the main characters. Uh, the, the first book in that series was called Moss Flower. Um, so that could be it. The game could be interesting. We'll have to wait and see more on that. You're, you're forgetting the, um, the, the big game, the big VR game that we predicted would be there. It's the Final Fantasy 15 fishing VR game. I don't I don't remember did I black out during that part of the presentation? <laughs> I really don't uh, I really don't remember that. I must have, I must have blacked out for 2 minutes when that uh, when that came on. No, I'd have to imagine if it was Final Fantasy 15 fishing that it would be fishing to, to the extreme. So <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. If, if that's really what people have been waiting a year for Final Fantasy VR for, I'm I'm very sorry, Final Fantasy 15 owners. <laughs> if you bought if you bought a VR headset with the intention of, well, you know, I'll buy some other VR stuff, but what I'm really looking forward to is that Final Fantasy 15 VR content. Well, <laughs> hope you like uh, hope you like a little bit of pro bass fisherman in your in your Final <laughs> Fantasy. <laughs> Um, God of War looks very different than any other God of War that came before. And I guess we kind of saw that last year when they showed that, uh, when they showed that initial gameplay clip, but uh, even though it's, it's, you know, as violent as it ever was and as grandiose as it ever was, it does look a lot more subdued, uh, than previous God of War games. Yeah. I, uh, I attribute that to Kratos, um, being kind of neutered. Like he seems, he seems very old and tired, and uh, before, you know, Kratos was high on, you know, bloodlust. And I, I think I think they're going to try and humanize Kratos because, like, the, the big thing about Kratos in those previous God of War games is that he's, he's an asshole. He's like Amanda Waller in, suicide, in the Suicide Squad movie. Like, everything that, that's bad in his life happens to him because of him. And he's taking it out on everyone else, and he's just a dick about it. Where in this, whereas in this, he's got a he's got a son, and I, it's a very interesting character turn for him. Um, in in that he has a character, in that he has, in that he has a second dimension. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like he's not just like, ah, I'm gonna fucking kill you. He's like. He's trying to, I mean, now look, don't get me wrong. He's still kind of a bad parent, too. <laughs> like, you, kid, wait, you, I, I mean, Micah, you, you are not a father. It's it's pretty commonplace to take your young son on deadly adventures um, against crazy mythical monsters and beasts. And, so. Right. And, and to just be like, look, look, I don't need, look, you're a kid, but I don't need you to be a kid right now, all right? I need you to have my back. I need you to be able to stab this fool in the eyeball uh, without me telling you to do it. Whereas I'm just like, hey, just take out the trash without me telling you, <laughs> future kid. Like, and look, I get it, right? You're trying to teach him how to be a man and all that, right? I, I understand that. But even the kid is like, um, mom said that we can use our words sometimes to get out of situations. To which I assume Kratos would just be like, "Fuck her." <laughs> there's some uh, there's some controversy in the chat. Was that TC Carson doing the voice, or is that a different? No, that actor? is a different uh, actor. He is. Uh, it's still a black dude. Uh, I forget his name, but it is not uh, Kyle Barker. It's, it's not TC Terrence TC Carson doing the uh, doing the voice anymore. How do you feel about that? Because I know I know you were very put off when they stopped getting Mike or when when Splinter Cell Blacklist did not have Michael Ironside. Um, if this was if this God of War took place sort of directly after the events of God of War, what was it? The last one, Ascension. Well, in in the, in the storyline, three was the last one. Ascension was actually a prequel. That's right. That's right. So if this was if this was somewhere around that time, uh, I'd be a little miffed. I like the dude's voice, and because Kratos seems older and just kind of tired, like his voice just kind of like I'm getting too old for this shit. You know what I mean? 
So Anthony, I, in the, Anthony in the chat says it's uh, Christopher Judge who yes. was on Stargates as well. Yes, I knew he was on. It was either it was either Babylon Five or Stargate, and um, and yeah, that's it. That's that's who it is. So I don't I don't mind at all. Okay. Um, you and I are both very excited about Detroit Become Human. Last year, they showed the gameplay from the perspective of an Android police officer uh, that you can play as. And this year, they fleshed out the story um, by casting you also in the role as the leader of, of an Android revolution that's going on in this uh, future Detroit, which is very interesting. It's very interesting, especially because the guy, I don't know if it is him, but the guy Marcus looks like Jesse Williams, um, known actor and political activist. And it would make sense to cast him as an as a as a as a minority that is being taken advantage of and is leading an uprising of said minority against the oppressors. Like it just makes all the sense in the world to me. Um, and he looks kind of like an Android, right? Like he's got like light skin and light eyes, but is black, which is bizarre. Like he and Michael Ely are like weird, but, um, I'm, I am super excited for this game. I have played every quantic dream game and I have loved them all. Even when they inevitably fall apart at the end, uh, storytelling wise, but, um, this looks like I, I believe you phrased you termed it uh, the culmination of all their previous work, and and that's exactly what this looks like to me. I'm um, I'm super excited for a a this to experience this narrative, and I'm I'm curious as to how uh, the I'm, I can't wait to swap stories with people that that have played this game to see what they what they did versus what I did. I'm curious because it's a so it seems like that you're playing both sides of this conflict essentially, or at least you're representing characters in both sides of this conflict they're setting up in the game, and it seems like you have direct autonomy over the decisions that those characters make. So it's it's interesting because normally in a story like this, you know, you are set against um, you know a, a common foe that the game determines and in heavy rain for example yeah you played as and spoilers for heavy rain if you didn't play it but christ it's been seven years um in heavy rain you do play as the detective who does end up being the killer but your decisions don't necessarily determine like it's actually kind of weird when that reveal happens because nothing that you did in the game really had a whole lot of effect on that aspect of the plot line but it seems like in this one everything you do is going to really change and evolve the plot in different ways. And you can kind of almost guide it to the narrative that you want, but probably not entirely because that would, you know, be a little boring if you could just put the story on rails for yourself. So I'm, I'm very interested to see, uh, to see what this game is going to look like when it does release. Yeah. Um, like that's one of the issues that people had with Mass Effect. They felt like their choices didn't matter because um, the story has a beginning and the story had a set ending that needed to be told and all the other stuff you could play around with. Right. But people don't understand that concept. They, they think, you know, I start a story and then out of the millions of decisions that I can make, 
a million endings are possible. And that's just not practical for a game. But um, this game seems different. This game seems like it'll have six or seven different ways that the story could possibly end. And I'm just speculating, right? Like I, I have no, I, I'm basing that on absolutely nothing other than the fact that that these people have been doing this style of game for a long time. So the only way that I think they can improve upon what they do is one, you know, write a story that doesn't shit the bed at the end. And, um, and two have like vastly different endings depending on what you, depending on what you make your characters do. Uh, I can't wait for it, man. I'm super excited. So before we give our kind of final thoughts, I guess, in the conference, you guys in the chat that are, uh, that are listening and following along, uh, if you have any thoughts, definitely toss them in there and we will uh, cherry pick a few of those or some questions that we'd be happy to answer. Um, I'll go first. This, uh, like I said, this, this tone took on a very different tenor um, than I thought it would. I thought that they would spend a lot more time. I thought there'd be a lot more talking and instead they're just like, nah, we're just going to show you guys, you know, 15 trailers slash gameplay trailers. And, uh, and we're not going to worry about indie stuff. We'll show you that, I guess, later. We're not going to worry about bringing a developer out on stage. Um, we can always do that later in interviews and stuff like that. They just really got through the games and, it was it was simultaneously refreshing, um, but also a little off-putting at the same time. Like I was happy to see the games. Sometimes I do like hearing from the developers. I guess that if you really want that experience, if you want the uh, to be able to hear from those folks, then you're going to have to key into those different interviews uh, that'll be going on throughout the week. Um, I enjoyed what I saw, and there are definitely. So let's see. I mean, I'm looking at Uncharted, uh, the Horizon expansion. Um, let's see here. God of War, Detroit, Destiny 2, Spider-Man. I think that's six games off of this presentation out of the 15 or so that are there that I'd say are I'm definitely gonna pick up. That's a that's a fairly good ratio. It's more than Microsoft had. Microsoft showed 42 games during their uh during their presentation. So a good show. Um definitely not what I was expecting from Sony. Definitely not like a you know, oh my god, home run, you know, kind of sort of thing. It, it was it was a solid double. I would say from them Um, ending it with Spider-Man was definitely the right call. The absolute correct thing to do. Yeah. And, um, but another solid presentation, like, like if you you said yesterday that you give Microsoft a B plus, I would have given Microsoft a B minus. um, And I would give Sony a B plus for this, uh, for this presentation today. Yeah. um, I would, I would give, you know, I would give Sony a B plus just because, um, it gave me what I wanted, but it was underwhelming at the same time, you know, which is, which is kind of weird to say, like they showed me games, right. But I want a little more, like, it is okay to bring the developers out to talk about the game, to sell the game to you. Right. Um, and I really, I really missed that. And, um, it wasn't, it, it felt, it felt rushed. Like, it didn't feel like a presentation. It felt like, oh, shit, E3 is next week. Like, throw together a sizzle reel and and get some musicians to come up here and act like we're doing a presentation and and uh, just play them up there. Because when, when Sean 
your stepdad Layton came out. Not, not the, Sean, Sean, not my real dad, Layton. <laughs> when he came out the second time, it was like, wow, that was a great 60 minutes. I was like, what? Like, and then I looked at the time and yeah, it was like 55 minutes. I, it just kind of blew by. Like there was nothing. I, I, I don't know. I, like you said, I enjoyed what I saw, but at the same time I wanted more, which, you know, I'm a dude on the internet, right? Like that's, <laughs> I mean, that's just the definition, but, um, I'd give him a B plus. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to digging into the rest of, of E3 to get some actual information on these games other than a vague launch window. I would agree. Um, so let's go into the chat a little bit. ED Gamer says that he was hoping for more from Sony. Xbox gave out more. I, I would say Xbox was a little bit more long-winded, and they definitely showed more games, but a lot of the games that Microsoft showed didn't necessarily need to be given a ton of time on on the E3 main stage, I feel like, at least. And I'm sorry, like as good as Microsoft did do, that 10-minute Sea of Thieves demo brought that presentation down several notches because it, it took the momentum that they were generating throughout that show and just grinded it to a dead, to a dead halt. I thought. Yeah. The, the, um, the presentations were very, very different, which is why they get the same. It's weird. They get the same score, but like, you're not supposed to really compare scores. You're supposed to score something on its own merit. Uh, which is why I hate doing scores, Jay. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but but they did different things. Uh, overall, man, I, I, this year for E3 just wasn't. Um, it, there was nothing to get too excited about. I mean, there's no new console. Like I don't really count the Xbox One X as a new console. Uh, so there's no new console to get excited about. And there weren't like there there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of oomph. And I'm I'm very curious to to get other people's opinions on that because I mean maybe it's just me getting old, right? Like maybe it's just me getting old and not getting excited for E3 anymore. But um usually I'm not excited and then once I'm here, I'm like all in, right? Like I'm running downstairs and I'm pre-ordering like a ton of stuff. Like I don't feel that this year. I mean, I'm still excited. It's just not happening during the events that usually happens during. It's usually during the press yeah. conferences that I get the most hype. Yeah. What I found most exciting is the different, like I've been watching a lot of the Game Slice stream uh, that they've had on YouTube for the past two days. I've been watching a little bit of like the Sony stream. They did the pre-show stream before this event started today. Um, that's where I think the information is this year. It, it's not in the press events. And, they, and I think they realize that the press events should just, you know, are, are there to exist to kind of just get everyone hyped up and kind of blaze through it where, and the detail and information can be saved for the people that want to seek it out. You know what I mean? The people that want to dive deep and, and get into that. So just a different vibe. Um, it'd be interesting to see how that persists going forward. EB gamer also mentions that he, uh, he loved Ubisoft presentation. I thought Ubisoft did a great job. I thought, uh, I thought this, this was the best presentation that Ubisoft has probably ever had at E3 since they've been doing them. And yeah. I, I thought they did great. That's not hyperbole either. It is quite literally the best presentation that e, that Ubisoft has ever had because one, they, they, they don't have 
a lot of gimmicky co-hosts. Um, they don't have a lot of gimmicky dancing and and all that crap. Like they came out and they they came out and did what I wanted Sony to do, which is come out, show games, and talk a little bit about them. Um, in terms of presentation itself. Ubisoft had the best one for me, <laughs> but which is which is weird. Like, and not all, but in terms of presentations, Ubisoft had the best presentations. Sony had the best games that I wanted to see, and Microsoft had the new console. So, uh, which which means Nintendo is going to come in tomorrow and and clean it up and, and knock it <laughs> out of the park, of course. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Mark Rogers says Sony went all games, no hardware related news, which was surprising, which we've been talking about. Uh, Mad Chocolate Gaming says, I think Sony just got to the point with big games and only big games. Yeah, like I said, not a lot of uh, not a lot of indie titles. Yeah. Um, remember a couple years ago, they were all indie. You know, they were they were touting like the PS4 is going to be the indie box. Let's see, Aaron, uh, what's your new estimate on when Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out, 2019, 2020? I'm standing firm with 2032. That was my prediction, I think, <laughs> on the show a couple of weeks ago. I think uh, I think 2032 is a real solid uh, solid date to peg down. Well, let's look at this from uh, previous history, right? We first saw Final Fantasy Versus 13 footage. And Final Fantasy versus 13 ended up being Final Fantasy 15, if you recall. 2005 was the yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Over a decade ago. So this is the real first footage we're seeing of Kingdom Hearts 3. So a decade from now <laughs> is when we'll see Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> no, honestly, I think you'll see Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, in 2020, 2019, 2020 holiday. Right in time for the PlayStation 5. Right in time for the PlayStation 5. <laughs> Chris says, uh, I think Bethesda's the only ones that really had something worthwhile to show, and even that was really only one game. Yeah, Bethesda, um, Wolfenstein looked pretty cool. Uh, the rest of what they had was mostly expansions um, or re or reissues, like they're doing Fallout 4 in VR, like we mentioned. They're doing uh, Doom in VR. They're, there's expansion for Dishonored. Um I, I was in and out during that presentation. I'll have to go back and catch the highlights of that one. But I remember watching the Wolfenstein trailer. That did look very good, for sure. I'll have to go back and watch it, because I damn sure wasn't staying up till the next morning to watch uh, uh, a Bethesda conference. So I'll have, to, uh, I'll have to go back and check it out. Um, let's see. Amir says we need that Splinter Cell from Ubisoft. I don't know, man. I don't know anymore if Splinter Cell is, uh, is, is an in-demand franchise. As much as it used to be. Yeah, once they got rid of Michael Ironside, the goddamn game tanked. So what does that tell you? Uh, Mad Chocolate comes back and says, Dense Pixels Clan in Anthem? Uh, probably. And there'll be one in Destiny, too. But I'm, Anthem Anthem got enough of a... Uh, it's a Bioware game, right? So me and Micah are immediately going to be interested. Terrence was interested based on what he had seen yesterday. So yeah, I would totally expect to see uh, a Dense Pixels Clan in that, for sure. Yep. Mark Rogers says Golden Sun 4 will come out before Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, I don't know if I want to live in a world where both of those games ever actually get released because then I feel like the fabric of time will collapse inward within itself. And uh, <laughs> and we might all uh, 
suffer the consequences for that. Seems like a bad idea. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt Shockley he says Scalebound will come out before Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, damn. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, beyond Good and Evil Thoughts, Micah. Um, I'm excited for it. It looks, uh, it looks amazing. Uh, I played Beyond Good and Evil, uh, a long, 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 long time ago. I barely remember it. So I'm glad this is a prequel. It'll be cool to get back into that world, which is, it's, it's a very, very sci-fi world. Um, I was pleasantly surprised when that big, uh, ape was, uh, hanging out with that black chick and that black chick had natural hair. Um, that's a big deal. Um, yeah, it looks cool, man. It looks, it looks very cool. And I quite, quite frankly, I got a little choked up, got a little choked up when, uh, when those two, uh, developers came out and one dude was like, I can't fucking believe this. Like, like it's coming. And, um, I know a lot of people have been super excited for it. Um, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. They didn't, they didn't give a, uh, like a release window, did they? Oh hell no! Are you kidding me? No yeah, way. So uh, I'm not getting too excited until I get some sort of uh, just. I need a calendar year. Like that's all I. That's all I need, man. Then I'll then I'll start the hype train. All right, so I think that's going to be it. We've gone about 40 minutes. Um, but yeah, so like I said, a solid, if unspectacular, showing from Sony. And uh, and now we look forward to Nintendo. So again, if you guys are around tomorrow, um, myself and Carrie will be doing a, a, a video of our thoughts of the Nintendo reactions. It won't be right after the Nintendo press conference. It'll be later in the day. Um, haven't decided if we're going to stream that live or not yet. Uh, we might just post that as a video after the fact we haven't decided we'll see uh, but either way that's going to be something that happens uh, make sure also that if you did not check out our thoughts and uh, reactions from the microsoft press event yesterday uh, that you go on youtube check that out as well and while you're on youtube hit that subscribe button so that you can be privy to all the awesome video content that we have coming down the road and also check out our podcast if you just wandered in here and you're like who the fuck are dense pixels we we do a weekly podcast uh, that you should check out every week because uh, we're fucking hilarious. I'm sorry. That's I, I'm, that's just. <laughs> I mean, you're right. It's the breaks. That's the breaks. So check that out um, and and drop us a line. Let us know what you think. And of course, if you are not in our gaming group on Facebook, uh, go to Facebook or sorry, densepixels.com slash fans. That's where you want to go um, in order to get into the Facebook group because there's always a lot of lively discussion going on in there at any given time. Uh, so that is going to be it. Uh, Micah, thank you very much for, for staying up late with me as it's a uh, quarter of 11 on the East coast now. Yes, sir. Yes, and uh, thank you guys very much for watching. Uh, thank you guys in the chat very much for, uh, for hanging out with us and, and giving us some good discussion there as well. We will do this again with you sometime and uh, see you later. See ya. <laughs>